And they said, no, really, Paul, that's how we've done it. Not because of what we're taught in an, at an MBA school, not because of what we're taught in medical school, not because of what I was taught in investing, not because of what I've been taught in business. It's the team I've got in the spiritual world that helped me become so successful. And I thought, okay, now I'm listening. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm really excited to share with you my guest today, Paul Shepard. Paul and I have been talking about just waking up and realizing what you really want to accomplish out of life and understanding how you want to make those shifts. And I'm really, really excited to share his viewpoints with you. Paul is a Sydney-based entrepreneur, transformation coach, and facilitator of a unique system that helps conscious leaders to live a life on purpose and contribution through a holistic 360-degree approach that nurtures the mind, body, and soul. I'm really excited to bring him in really quickly. Before we jump into this episode, it is brought to you today by Success Development Solutions. If you are the type of person that knows that there's something amazing to life that you just don't feel like you've been able to figure out yet. You have the degrees, you have the success from the outward perspective, and you're just feeling like something's missing, then the Design Your Life Mastermind is for you. You've heard me talk about my story. You've heard me talk about the break that I needed in my day-to-day -day routine. The Design Your Life Mastermind is going to give you the tools, resources, connections, and information that you need to design the life that you've always wanted. And we're going to help push you out of your comfort zone so that you have the courage to live it. If that sounds like something you need, click on the Calendly link underneath this episode and let's jump on a call. With that being said, let's bring Paul in and have a conversation. Greetings, Amber. Hey, Paul. How's it going? Fantastic. Glad to be joining you here and looking forward to see where... Uh, things unfold and where we go. I'm so excited. Me too. This is one of the, like, it's interesting because people always ask me, you know, can I get a list of questions? And I'm like, I don't even have a list of questions. So no, I'm sorry. Um, it's so conversational. And that's what makes podcasts so amazing is not knowing where it's going to go and knowing that it's going to be amazing at the same time. So I'm really excited for that. So let's dig in a little bit for you. I have one question before we start going into your background, and that is in your bio, we talked about this conscious leader, that you help conscious leaders live a life of purpose. What is a conscious leader? That's a really good question. Look, I think um, <clears throat> leadership is, is leadership in itself, but to have a conscious leader is <clears throat> living a life that's true to your sole purpose. Right, and I think a lot of people out there chasing what they think they need to chase for for status' sake, for their family, for their friends, for keeping up with what's expected of them. 
but not necessarily what's in the essence of who they really are, if that makes sense. Yeah, so absolutely. we have this, you know, a lot of us have this epiphany many years into our career where we think, hang on a second, what am I doing? I'm not really fulfilled. I might, I might look successful, but I don't feel it. And you feel this yearning for something more. And to be a leader in that space, to be leading the charge of a purpose that you are meant to live is a, is a stark difference to, for example, whatever that job is that you're not really fulfilled with. So that's the simplest way I can break it down. We can go into to much more, but the simplest way is, is living a life of purpose of what you're here to do, not what the expectations are of somebody else or society or anything along those lines. And that's what I feel leads to happiness and fulfillment. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I feel like um, we God, we have so much in common and so much to talk about. Um, and I think it's really interesting the way that you described that because so many people think that because they have the external success, that they have success. And then when you have that piece that's missing, they're like, but I don't understand what's wrong with me. I should be happy, right? Everybody, Anybody else would be happy with my life. Why am I not happy? Yeah, 100%. So I know that you did not get to be this um, connected and wise and in tune with your soul and spirit by um, external success. And there was a moment that it all changed for you. Tell us how you got here. What, um, what was your career kind of before this transformation? You know what? I've had one of the most mixed careers of anyone, Amber. Um, I've had many careers and that was the problem. I hadn't found my calling. You know, I started out doing personal training at a school. <clears throat> I didn't want to go to university. I just felt like it was a waste of my time because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I felt like investing three, four, five, six years into something that I had no idea about who I was, was going to be a waste of my time. So sure, I would learn something. So I got straight to work. You know, I studied sort of diplomas and um, that level of education that was specific to an interest I had. And I had a lot of interests. That was another problem I had too many things that I was interested in, but trying to figure out what that career would look like. So from personal training into marketing, into running my own businesses at 23, 24, 25, losing everything in my mid twenties, joining the military because I thought, you know what, I want to keep improving as a person, but I need to change focus. Um, that taught me a lot. Didn't, uh, didn't feel like it's where I belonged. I felt like there was bigger and better things for me got back into corporate change management, and I just had this knack for improving things. So without any formal qualifications, I was re-engineering business processes and renegotiating contracts and just, just finding ways to make businesses more efficient. And in 2010, I got out, started doing my own thing with a buddy of mine. He had a public company, and it was all about acquiring businesses that were underperforming, digitizing them, changing the culture, and then selling them you know, two years later or so. And that was fun and exciting, but it just, there was something missing still. And all along from 20 years old to, to today, there's been this parallel theme of this spiritual aspect that I ignored for many, many years. And so I was meeting a lot of people who could do incredible things with, with healing and psychic abilities. And I thought, nah, that's all rubbish. That's all, <laughs> that's all for the, for the weed smoking hippies that uh, hang out in Byron Bay. And that's, that's, that's not really, that's not real. That's not important to me. And I don't want to be associated with them because I was chasing success in business. To me, that was my aspiration. You know, I look at business people who had achieved a lot and that was what I was striving for. But I kept having these nudges 
and then I got some bricks across the back of the head and lost everything multiple times. And it made me pay attention. It broke the shell of the ego a little bit for me to wake up a bit and say, okay, what am I here for? So I actually had to learn to surrender. I was so busy chasing opportunities that I wasn't seeing the biggest opportunity that was being presented to me throughout my whole life. And once I slowed down a little bit, and it meant that I had to lose everything a couple of times before I paid attention because I was a little bit thick. And um, <laughs> That's and, what makes us successful sometimes, right? We're too stubborn to quit. Yeah, that's, that's right. And your military trains that into you. You never give up, right? And I had this drive already as a kid, but I just didn't understand surrender. I really didn't understand it at all. So learning that, that was a book by Michael Singer, The Surrender Experiment, that made me really reflect on that many years ago. And I thought, oh, okay. So that's when I started to listen to the intuition, to the other opportunities that were coming to me that, to stop trying to chase the money in the business because it didn't excite me anymore. I just, I had an opportunity at 22 to make millions of dollars, but I walked away from it because it, I felt inauthentic. I felt like there was no legacy behind it. There was nothing that I'd be proud of. And that was when this contradiction started. Walking away from that, um, people look at you and think, man, what is wrong with you, right? Like, how could you say no to this? Did you get a lot from the people in your life about, like, how could you say no to this? You're going to regret this. Was Were those conversations a, a, a thing? I didn't talk to a lot of people about it. I had some mentors that had essentially opened some doors for me to take on some contracts that, um, yeah, so it was a few million bucks a year profit. And I thought, could I do this? Do I want to do this? Do I like, sure, the money was great, but I had this, this knowing that I never wanted to sell my soul for money. Yes, it was, it was desirable. It gives you options and it gives you choices in life. But I knew that going down that route would have got me involved with potentially the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And who knows where I'd be now, but, but yeah. most importantly, I wouldn't be proud of that. And I felt like I didn't deserve that because I hadn't actually contributed to the world in a way that was going to make a difference. So it was almost like I'd be a phony and then I'm ashamed, ashamed of what I've done. So that was the, these are the things that are going through my mind. So I, as a kid, not having a lot of money, growing up with a family that was uh, somewhat scarce-minded, they were, they were comfortable, don't get me wrong, they were comfortable, but um, it was a very scarce mindset. They could have been much more successful. And so I had this, this belief that I needed money to give me more options to have a better life. All of a sudden the money comes along and I'm like, I would lie in bed at night thinking, what would I buy with this? What would I do with all this money? <laughs> well, how would my life change? And I spent a week not sleeping, thinking about, and the question was, well, who am I? Yeah. Who the hell is Paul now? I've got everything I've ever wanted financially. I've got retirement set at my, in my early 20s. I've got all these things, but then who am I? Yeah. And that, and that scared me. You know, it's so interesting because I'm relating to what you're saying on so many different levels. I had always wanted to be successful, and to me, that was college education. And I got married really young, and then my dad passed away. And I remembered leaving my marriage saying, I just need to figure out who I am. And then I replaced that relationship with law school. And then I graduated law school and passed the bar still not knowing who I was. And it was so interesting because I would enter the dating world and people would say, what do you like to do in your spare time? And I couldn't answer the question. And they thought that I was being like 
evasive. And I was like, I, I honestly don't know. And I, I used to say it's law school. It's because I focus so much on law school, but it's because I lost so much of myself along the way to where you get to the point that there's just nothing there and you get to have that conversation. So whether it's law school, whether it's what you're talking about with, you know, having these opportunities to chase opportunities, which I relate to so much, I feel like we all wake up and say, I don't really know who I am. And I want to figure that out. Absolutely. Sorry to hear about your dad. I think. Um, um, thank you. Um, Monday will actually be 20 years. So it's, wow. um, yeah. Um, but he is such a huge part of everything that I do. Um, and there's something else that popped up when you were, when you were talking, I was just at a conference in Dallas and one of the speakers said, every single moment leads us to this moment and this moment will lead us to the next one. And like, when we look back and think about where we got here, how we got here, like, it's great to sit back and think, man, what would happen if I had taken that job? What would happen if my dad hadn't passed away? What would happen if, but then we wouldn't have this and we wouldn't be this person, you know? And it's, so it's really interesting to acknowledge that. Yeah. It's that to get journey, isn't it, Amber? It's, it sure is. It sure is. We, we've got to go through it. So chasing opportunities. I think that this is an interesting conversation because so many times people think that they are successful because they are successfully completing things. And what is... I don't know if you have like a piece of advice or if there was something that you started to notice for yourself that kind of started to wake you up um, for that person that is like, hey, I'm successful. Like if I just keep working hard enough, it's all going to fall into place because I'm successful at things. Yeah, there's there's always been this um, burning desire to make a difference in the world. You know, as, as a kid, I could see a lot of the problems that were going on, whether that's pollution, whether that's corruption, whether that's even the money system. I had questions around where does money come from? You know, when people would say it comes from the bank, of course. So, so where does the bank get it from? And they go, well, I don't know. And then you find out it comes from something called the Federal Reserve. And you're like, well, hang on a second. Who are they? Are they is, that, is that the government? Well, no, it's not. It's, it's a private corporation. Well, hang on a second. How do they create all the money? Where does that money come from? <laughs> so these are the kinds of questions I had when I started to delve into you know, what is, what is the root cause of all the problems we have, we have on this planet? And I've been involved in running charities and there was a lot of work in organising a charity. And one of them was a basket brigade where we do 5,000 Christmas hampers at Christmas time for homeless and needy people. So much work. We'd get hundreds of volunteers coming in. It was a year's project for one day's event. And then we'd do deliveries. And it was so much work. <clears throat> and at the end of it, every year I'd say, well, what impact did we make? We fed somebody for a week, but that didn't solve the problem because next year they're going to expect us to help them to feed them. And what do they do for the rest of the year, right? So I felt like the, the charity that I was involved in and, and many charities I've looked at, they're actually not solving any problems. And that got me thinking, well, okay, well, how do we solve the problem? What is the problem, first of all? So these are the sorts of things that I started to explore for the last 20 years is all right, so we know that there's some problems and, this, and, and we don't know because we're not taught and, and most of this information is deliberately kept from us. Yeah. And I'd, and I'd challenge anyone, challenge anyone to challenge their beliefs because beliefs might have served us at a previous point in time, but nine times out of ten they don't serve us today. And yeah. as long as, <clears throat> and we'll never find the truth while we always suck on a belief system. And um, 
So that's been my journey is to try and uncover certain truths around certain aspects for, for my whole life. And, and that leads to root causes. And when yeah. you get to the root cause, you're able to solve the problem permanently. So that's been yeah. a, big, a big part of my life in terms of my thinking. I love that answer because the the beliefs are, you know, those things that we tell ourselves to support the reality we want to have, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then as that changes. So um, I'm really interested to dig into this next topic with you because I was recently introduced to this, although I know very little about it. And I saw it in your LinkedIn bio about um, original design. Can you explain what that is to people? Um, human design, referring to Human it? design, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I came across that about four years ago now, and I'd had many different conversations with many different people about everything, esoterics, spiritual stuff, psychic stuff, healing, and I'd seen things. And when you see these things, you ignore them because you think, no, that's not real. That's, that's not in my reality. You kind of block it out. But when they keep presenting themselves, it forces you to pay attention. You're like, all right, okay, I'm, I'm paying attention. I've lost everything. You know, why do these people keep showing up? Why do these experiences keep showing up? And I was involved in a health project a few years back that where there were some very successful people, um, both in the business world, political world, um, investment world, like I'm talking sort of very seriously successful people. And they were sharing some of how they've been so successful. And I thought, really? You, you're into astrology? Like you're an ex-politician, you're a banker, you're a, you, you look at astrology to, 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 to derive your success and you've got a team of shamans and psychics to help you navigate this landscape called business. I said, <laughs> you're joking. No. And they said, no, really, Paul, that's how we've done it. Not because of what we're taught in, at an MBA school, not because of what we're taught in medical school, not because of what I was taught in investing, not because of what I've been taught in business. It's the team I've got in the spiritual world that helped me become so successful. And I thought, okay, now I'm listening. <laughs> right? that, that was like the cream of the, the, the icing on the cake that, that really caught my attention because I've been exposed to that my whole life, but I didn't really pay much attention because I thought it was for the hippies. Right? I thought it was for the, for the new age hippie. And when I heard that, I then started to pay attention. I had a few sessions with, with some of their people and a lot of the stuff I'd kind of heard before. And then I stumbled across human design through a, it was an interview online somewhere. And I thought, my gosh, if, if you could tell me that much detail about myself, I want to know what that is now. So I called this guy, literally, I got on his website, booked in a session instantly and said, tell me now, who am I? <laughs> and I was, I was chomping at the bit to get the answers. And, and he spent a few hours with me and walked me through so much detail in ways that I had never heard it articulated and it, it it literally blew me away because what it did it explained the last 20 years of my life that no one else could explain it explained why i wasn't a a lawyer or a doctor or a ceo i wasn't meant to be it explained why i had certain skills but i was never recognized in a corporate environment it explained why i had many different career paths it explains some of the hobbies I had, explains so many things because it gave me a four or five dimensional view of who I was versus all the psychometric profiling I'd used in the years. Every time I did a psychometric profile test, I thought this was a waste of time because there's, for example, three answers I could pick. I only yeah. have to choose one, but they're all equally um, 
you know, equal to me. So I could yeah. choose any one of the three and I could do the test a hundred times and rotate through those three different answers and get a different result. So that was when I first came across it and that's what changed my perception of this reality. And I started to delve into that further. And then it wasn't until a few years ago that I started studying um, something called BG5, which is the, the business and career aspect of that. So human design is quite esoteric. The languaging that's being used is quite esoteric. BG5 is more commercial and makes a lot more sense to business people. And I thought, this is powerful. Not many people are doing this right now, but this will be the assessment tool of the future because it actually tells you who you really are, not your personality, so to speak, alone, which is different based on different scenarios and, and different questions that you answer differently. Um, so that's what it gave me. It gave me a blueprint as to who I was and it explained all the nuances that I that people would criticise me of. And that's part of my design. So it allowed me to focus on my strengths versus my weaknesses. And instead of feeling bad or shameful about the things that I wasn't good at, that would be highlighted when I'm put in a very specific job in a corporate environment, um, it's like, Paul, you don't fit in this culture very well. It's like, no, I don't, clearly. Um, <laughs> I'm glad but, you see it too. <laughs> yeah, but look at all the good things I'm doing. But that didn't yeah. get recognised because I didn't fit into one of the boxes that they tried to put me in. So that was that was kind of the breakthrough and that led on to other things and a much, much deeper understanding. And now I use tools like BG5. And just think of a Venn diagram. You get the two circles and you, you overlay them and now all of a sudden you've got this inflection point where you've got so much more detail as to who you are and these different tools as to how you can navigate both your personal life, your career, and more importantly, your, your sole purpose, feeling fulfilled. Yeah. And, and when we know that there's so much we can do, right. Instead of trying to fit us into the life that we think we're supposed to have or the life yes. that society's told us we should have, yeah. or, you know, the introverts out there that are being told that in order to be successful, you have to message 75 people a day on a social media platform. They don't want to hear from you on, you know, <laughs> things like that. So, um, for somebody who's listening to this, you know, I know that they could go Google human design and you mentioned something that's really important, which is, it is a little esoteric and somebody like myself, um, and most business owners that need some sort of tangible explanation of how this might be different than the psychic on the corner, um, would completely dismiss it if they don't find the right source. Do you have a resource that you suggest to people that are interested in exploring this more? Yeah, what I do on, what I'm doing at the moment is on Facebook. So I've got a Facebook group called Soul Purpose Mastery and I just do an introduction. So I haven't been on there recently. I've been so busy with other projects. <clears throat> but what I do is uh, I'll do the, the 16 success codes, essentially. And that's the introduction. You know, uh, So what I am trying to do is put together some um, pre-recorded webinars that actually explain this in a lot more detail. Um, but if you understand the science behind it, and this is science, this is next level science. <clears throat> this is true quantum stuff. This is not, you know, the the psychiatry stuff that's been done 50 years ago that is is has been debunked and not to discredit that stuff but there's so much more to who we are beyond the psychology mm -hmm. right there's the energetics there's the aura there's the chakras there's there's so much to us mm -hmm. and there's things that once you experience this it'll explain 
so much more of who you are as opposed to just how you behave, right? Um, so if you understand neutrinos, neutrinos is essentially energy that's emitted off stars and those neutrinos pass through the universe and they pass through other planets and they pass through other stars and solar systems and whatnot. So if, <clears throat> just think of, um, I don't know, if you put a, a filter over a light, it's going to have a different colour come through. Mm-hmm. By the time it hits you, it's going to be a different colour. So at the time you're born, you are given this, this energetic imprint, which is from neutrinos, essentially. That's where it all comes from. And they're essentially your gifts. That's, that's what you were designed to do because we're all energy. You know, science is, you know, even modern science now in the mainstream has proven that when a when sperm hits the egg, it's a flash of light, right? We're all light beings, which means we're all energy. So the same thing with, with stars. Stars emit um, this energy that comes through, and that's what we're given at birth. And that's what we're designed for. It's like a submarine versus an aeroplane. They're both designed for very, very different things. Um, but we go through life all pretending to be the same all trying to fit into the same mould and I want to be like Mike, so to speak, and <laughs> we struggle for our entire life and never, ever get there. But when we realise that, ah, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not meant to be like Mike, maybe I'm meant to be like, I don't know, Tiger Woods or something, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a whole different game. So yeah. that's, the, that's, the, that's the purpose of this is to recognise what you were designed for and I know it's out there and believe me, I've, I've ignored this stuff <laughs> for so long. But that's where the answers lie. You know, you're yeah. not going to get answers to the questions about this this burning desire inside of you by going to university or by doing what you've always done. Yeah. We have to look elsewhere. And that's, that's you know, people might criticise me. That's okay. That's fine because I've found the answers. Yeah. You know, and, and millions of others have as well. And um, I just encourage people to be open because and not dismiss things. Yeah, I... Um, I, I don't remember when, but I was talking to my coach, God, I guess it would have been about a year and a half ago. And she was telling me that she had gone to a seminar, um, with her wife who is very much into energy. She's a, an energy worker and that they had done this retreat to find out what the sound was that was made when you were born. Like apparently wow. just like light there's a particular sound that's made in the universe when each person is born. And when you can identify that and tap into it, you can access the energy associated with that. And so when you talk about light, I haven't particularly heard anybody talk about it the way that you did. And I 100% agree that, you know, there's stuff we're not meant to understand that we can learn about and tap into like this um, that's out there. So I think that's really interesting. I'd love to learn more about that sound stuff because I have heard, I know for a fact that sound activates different parts of our DNA. Mm-hmm. And if we're only using 3% of our DNA in terms of our capabilities, our human capabilities, and I won't even go into the to the super woo stuff because yeah. there's so much evidence and so much stuff I've watched and read and people I've met that can do incredible things. But sound is a way for them to access that. That's what shamans do. They'll do the drumming and they'll do the the singing and that activates parts of the DNA and releases, unlocks more of who you are. So I'd love to learn more if you were happy to share a link. Yeah, absolutely. I will share that with everybody who's listening. I'll, I'll do a follow-up email, but I'll also send it to you directly. Um, The, 
you know, I'm a huge music lover and it's interesting to me because I gained so much from music that I've always wanted to go figure out what that tie is. Um, and, and just knowing that there are things that we can tap into. I remember when I did my NLP certification and we were talking about, you know, the first time that somebody experienced anger or pain. And the person I was working with told me that the first time that she experienced pain was like, 14 lifetimes ago and she was on a pirate ship and I'm an attorney. I'm like, you are out of your freaking mind. <laughs> and so I went to um, my coach and I said, dude, like this, this girl's nuts. How am I supposed to work with this? And she, she, I said, is it real? And she's like, does it matter? And I'm like, yes, I'm an attorney. It matters if it's real. And she's like, it doesn't because your brain thinks it's real and it dictates everything you do. And it was that conversation that changed the way I look at what reality is. You know, when we're talking about communicating with your loved ones, when we're talking about communicating with yourself, with your clients, with, you know, whoever you're looking at, understanding that they believe the world is the way they think it is. And we spend so much of our time trying to convince them that the world is a different way because it doesn't make sense to us. And as soon as we acknowledge that, like, what they're telling us is completely 100% factually true for them. Yeah, and absolutely. we're able to just step into that. It changes. It changes the game of communication. Totally. I, I had a really good analogy explained on that, Amber, which was just stack a deck of cards on a table and sit them there. There's like fifty-two in a deck of cards, right? And then put ten decks of cards all stacked up high. So you've got these different layers. This this fifty-two cards in a deck times ten. There's all your different layers. Every layer, every card is a different layer. It's a different reality. Right. Now imagine if you're on the bottom layer or the bottom card, you cannot see upwards. But if you're on the top card or any layer above, you can see the next layer below you and the next layer below that. In other words, it's, it's opaque. Mm -hmm. Looking down but looking up, you can't see anything. And that's been my understanding now of this, this reality we live in. If you're, it, It's just different levels of reality and as you ascend and as you improve or increase your your conscious awareness and as you are open to more possibilities and take the blinkers off and challenge your beliefs you ascend through this deck of cards and you start to see more of the of this reality because there is a reality for every one of us but there's also a, a universal truth in there as well yeah. The most universal truths we don't know about because we're not taught that for a reason. Well, and when we do try to tap into those, we get that fear of judgment and that fear of what everybody else is, is thinking because we want that connection, right? Are we going to be rejected if we go out and talk about this? I mean, and this goes all the way back to, I mean, we could go back to when people thought they were witches and you were being burned on the stake, right? Like what is society going to do when you start talking about the way that you're energetically created or energetically tied to something else? Have you seen the movie I Am? Have you heard of that? Is that with Will Smith? It's not, although it is, that's just not the one I'm thinking of. So okay. thank you for no, that. Sorry. <laughs> um, it is a documentary by the, I can't remember his name right now, but he was the um, director of movies with um, like um, Jim Carrey movies, okay. um, The Mask and um, what was the one he did with the animals? Um, but anyways. Another one, yeah. Yeah. So... But he started 
you should check it out. It's on like Amazon Prime that you can buy. And he talks about his journey of having all of this success in the cinematography world. And he um, started actually getting physically ill. And he started having headaches all the time. And he couldn't function. And he's like, I need to just figure out what's going on, stepped back from everything. And there's interviewers with everybody from religious to scientific backgrounds about how we're energetically connected. And one of the things that they do in that is they hook yogurt up to one of the things that measure energy and they have him think thoughts and they can tell him whether he think he's thinking positive or negative thoughts by the way the yogurt responds. Wow. Isn't that it's insane. So, it's so um, yeah, I would, I would highly suggest it. So anyways, the, the, um, the purpose of this podcast is to talk about success and the fact that it's individual to each person. And I love the way that you have talked about your journey so far, the way that you have discussed this outward success that didn't fulfill you. I'm curious to know, what do you define success as now? Good question. Um, it's changing, but it's how I feel on a daily basis. I can, I can feel successful every single day, but then there's different layers. So there's, it's not just a, a one simple dimension like a one-dimensional answer this is a multi-dimensional answer so to me now it's like am i do i feel positive emotions on a, on a regular basis is that the predominant feeling i'm feeling do i feel comfortable within my own skin do i feel like i'm making a difference in the world is my heart screaming at me because i'm it, it, i'm not doing what i'm supposed to be doing um or or do i do i sing every day do i feel satisfied every day so they're my kind of guideposts now. It's it's more on the emotions and the feelings. Sure, we could always have more money. We could always have more holidays. We could always have all these material things, but that's not success to me anymore. You know, because it's it's those the emotions that we show up with on a daily basis that dictate our health. It's a big part of our health. Yeah. And you know, anyone who's been sick or lost a loved one realizes that that's that's one of the most important things to all of us is having our health. Yeah, you know, and, and health span and longevity. If, if I was to, you know, get to fifty and I couldn't walk, or I was severely, you know, disabled, that to me would be a complete failure of life. Right, that's one of the reasons I go to the military. I realised that my body couldn't cope with the physical demands that it was being put under on a daily basis. You know, for the next ten years, that that wouldn't be success to me. Sure, at the time I felt bulletproof and I could do all these crazy things, but. <laughs> I could see very quickly that my body wasn't going to last. So I, I take a different approach to things now. and I'm always questioning that. What is success? What is success? Well, do I live in a location that I want to live? Yeah, absolutely. Do I kind of do what I want to do most days? Absolutely. You know, wake up in the morning, go to the beach, watch the sunrise, ground, you know, have my morning routine, have time to myself. Um, but there's always things we're working on. And that's what yeah. this whole Japanese principle called Kaizen I look for or look at is it's perfection is in the constant improvement of things, not the destination, because there is no such thing as arriving at a destination. It's, um, it's the journey that we're here for. So I'm constantly looking at success from different angles and redefining that and constantly trying to improve in different areas. And that means sometimes you got to go backwards. If it means stepping out of one career and into another career to find total fulfillment, then so be it. I've done yeah. that. Yeah. 
a dozen times already. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I am going to make sure that I can tell my coach now that I'm a perfectionist and it's okay because perfection <laughs> yes. is just the constant improving of things. Um, I love that answer because we strive for perfection so much. And of course, there's always a guest that I talk to that I ask a question and then they completely change the way that I ask this question in the future. And it used to be the person who told me that he had a micro and macro definition of success. So I used to ask somebody, how do you measure success every day? And how do you measure success on a long-term scale? And then I talk to you and all of a sudden it's like multidimensional. And I'm like, this is so amazing because success isn't one thing, right? You can feel successful in one area of your life. And, and actually, here's a good question for you. So if you feel successful in one area of your life and there's another area of your life that you don't quite feel like you're in alignment, do you consider that a success? Yeah, because now I know. Right? Yes. And, and part of what I love about, <clears throat> so what human design taught me as an example is there's got their signposts, right? For me, it's, it's satisfaction versus frustration. And when I was in business, like really focused on the business world before I got into the esoteric stuff, means like properly, I was frustrated all the time. I was so frustrated. And if I was frustrated long enough, I'd get really angry. Yeah. Angry, angry at myself, angry at my situation, angry at, you know, at life. But that to me, and what I've learned now is that's, that's one of the signposts that I am not on my path in life. So when I started to listen to that, when I started to experience frustration now, it's just like, all right, Paul. What am I doing that's not part of this? And I already intuitively know now because I've been practicing this for quite a while. It's like, okay, I'm trying to do things that I'm not designed to do, right? I'm trying to pursue opportunities that are not for me. And guess what, Amber? We always know what's right. Yes. We have this gut instinct. We have this feeling inside of us that's always telling us, no, don't do it, don't do it. But our mind's going, oh, that sounds like a really good opportunity. And yeah, I'll be, oh, I'll, I'll make this much money and <clears throat> that'll set me up for success. And then I can, then I can retire. Like that's the mind, but the body holds the intelligence. And that's what we're not taught to listen to. That's what we ignore. And that's why we end up miserable, frustrated, pissed off, angry, whatever you want to call it. And <clears throat> if we start listening to our body more, to the gut, to the stomach, to the heart, if we start listening to that more, that's when we get on track. That's when we start to find real success, not, not using the mind. The mind's not designed to make decisions for us. It's meant to help us navigate business and our professions and our careers, but not to help us navigate our path in life. So listen to the body. Yeah. So, you know, we talk about comfort zones a lot on this show and you know, getting out of comfort zones has been a huge part of why I am where I am now. Um, for me, it was actual physical <laughs> activity that led to improved confidence. What I think is really interesting about what you're talking about is the fact that we um, push through so many things that we shouldn't necessarily be pushing through under the guise of getting out of our comfort zone, right? So I yeah. think that it is really important to get out of your comfort zone in the areas that it matters. What advice do you have for people to distinguish between I have to do this because somebody said I have to get out of my comfort zone and I have to do this because I'm meant to. That's such a good question, Amber. That really is. And I've <clears throat> thought about this one a lot too. It's just like, well, how do I know when I'm just pushing for the sake of pushing, chasing parked cars, as I call it, or how do I know when I'm actually doing what I'm meant to be doing? Because life isn't meant to be easy. So again, this is where you can take a multidimensional view on things. 
call the macro versus the micro, right? Mm -hmm. If you're focused on a micro task, you can push through that within minutes, hours, maybe a day. There's something that you don't want to do. It could be a report, could be a <clears throat> research, something that you're not designed to do, but, but it kind of has to be done. But then if you look at, uh, take, take a bigger picture view on what you're doing. If you're experiencing the frustration day in, day out for weeks on end, months on end, that's going to kill you. Yeah. That's going to, that's going to destroy your soul. So this is where a career change comes in, right? So look at micro stuff. Micro stuff we can put up with and we can get through and sometimes we have to do that, especially if you're a business owner. There's things that you, and, and then you're just starting out, there's things you're going to have to do that you don't want to do, right? But you can do that for a short period of time. That's why you hear people talk about, you know, do what you're passionate about because you'll, you'll last, you'll make the distance. You know, three years people burn out if they're doing what they're not designed to do. Yeah. And it's, it's more than just the, the project you're working on because within that project you've then got tasks. For example, if you want to go and start a business that is going to redefine healthcare, right, but you could do many roles. You could do marketing. You could do CEO-level role. You could be, be a researcher. You could be a doctor. You could be an accountant. You could be, you know, administration. But there's so many things you can do within that project. So this is where you got to look at what is your design? What are you designed to do? Sure, you can have this vision and this purpose and this, this, this bigger picture goal that you're pursuing. So you want to see if that's in alignment with who you are, first of all, right? Are you meant to be a business person? Right? Are you designed to lead a team? Or are you designed for something else? It could be working solo, coaching people, right? So it's about looking at this from, from multiple different angles to figure out, okay, what am I designed to do? Once you understand that, you can go up on your journey, but it's it's the long journey of doing the wrong things that's going to burn you out and feel frustrated. Just yeah. The day-to-day -day stuff you can get by, but if it's day-to-day -day for a long period of time, that's what's going to kill you. And that's when you know you're going to have this intuition internally saying, mm -mm, I'm not fulfilled. Don't do this. I'm not enjoying it. Listen yeah. To we were, we were talking about this a little bit before we came on about morning routines and sunrises and taking those, those little moments of beauty in. Um, and it's so easy to get stuck in that day to day thing. That's not where you want to be and then end up way off course. Do you, do you journal? Do you like calendar? Like what are your tools that you use to make sure that you're paying attention every day so that you don't end up three months down the road going, man, I wish I would have made a change two and a half months ago. Yeah. For me, it's contemplation. So just having that, like having that morning time for myself allows me to ease into the day. If I have to jump on a call first thing in the morning or, you know, get straight into work, it's just like, I hate it. Like yeah. I, I really hate it. If I don't have time for myself, I need to wake up properly. I need to do all those things and just feel into how I'm feeling, you know, do a self check. You know, a lot of, a lot of men out there in particular, just no, I'm fine. It's this, this, this male ego thing, which we go through life. Um, military's big on that too, right? <laughs> but check in with yourself, you know, if, if you're feeling down, it's okay. If you're feeling a bit upset one day, it's okay. Like a couple of days ago, we had, there was just so much going on in, in some of the projects I'm working on. I just, I just wanted to switch off. So I went down to the beach and did nothing and I didn't want to talk to anyone and, and, I, and that was okay. I wasn't beating myself up. I just, I just wanted to have a cry on my own, right? Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not thinking, oh my gosh, my world's over. And no, it's just like, I don't want to do anything today. You know what? It's, it's been enough. And in a day or two, I'll be perfectly fine. 
Yeah. So, so that self-care is so important. It is. And also, you know, on what you just said, which I think is incredibly important, not feeling like you should be doing something else. You know, how many times do we take that self-care? And then the entire time we're there, we're thinking about what our friends need from us, what our family needs from us, what our business needs from us, and how it's so selfish for us to be taking time for ourselves right now, you know? Um, so I love that you mentioned that because I don't think that people hear enough that the successful people that they admire to be are where they are because they are selfish enough to take time for themselves when they need it. Just like the oxygen mask on the plane, right? Put your own on first. Yeah, absolutely. The, the person next to you. you, you can't show up for your family and your loved ones if you're not 100% yourself. And unfortunately, most of us are trying to do too much. We, we always want more. We want to achieve more, but we can't. And this is where I've witnessed people. I just lost a business partner a couple of weeks ago. Um, Sorry to hear that. It's okay. Um, and, and we were kind of soul buddies. We were working on a really important project together. And, you know, the I think the stress of the corporate world that he had, that the businesses that he had set up prior to that, there was this accumulation that just built up. You know, he was 55. You know, there's no way in the world he should have gone so early. Um, he had so much work to do here, as in contribution for humanity, which is what he was here for. So I think if we don't take care of ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis, we're not going to make the distance. You know, yeah, or like convincing ourselves that we'll have time to do it later, right? Um, we actually just found out today that an attorney here in Las Vegas um, passed away it, while diving in um, Hawaii, and he was 55 as well. Um, wow. My dad was 42 when he passed away. My uncle was 37. Wow. Like, wow. there's just no way for us to know when. Um, somebody did a Facebook post today on my feed, and I have no idea who it was because I was scrolling by before I had a chance to comprehend it. And it said, every single conversation you have with someone could be the last conversation they have with you. They just don't know it and neither do you. Yeah. And that, like every single time we do something could be the last time that we do it. And I know that this is ending on an incredibly morbid topic. And yet it's so important for us to give ourselves permission to do exactly what we want when we want, because it might not be an option to do it later. So true, Amber. So true. <laughs> so I feel like we could continue this conversation forever. And I would sit here and talk to you about this all day. Um, but I know that you have a day to get on with. And I want to be respectful of that. If people want to follow up on this conversation, what's the best way for them to do that? I know you mentioned your Facebook group before. Um, go ahead and, and give that again. And then if there's any other ways that people could reach out to you. Yeah. So Facebook group is Soul Purpose Mastery. Um, and just my website. It's Paul B. B for Bravo, Shepard, S-H-E-P-H-E-I-D.com. Um, there's some free stuff on there. There's some quizzes on there. But if you've got any questions or if any of this resonated with you, always have to have a chat. Um, I find that's that's where I do a lot of learning as well is having conversations with people like yourself, Amber, and your listeners. And um, it teaches me stuff and allows me to uh, contribute in a greater way as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm open and um, I'm committed to serving and contributing. That's, that's awesome. We'll put your Facebook group and your website in the show notes. So for anybody listening, those will be there. And before we wrap up, I just have a quick random round for you. Are you ready? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right. If you could do any profession other than what you're doing now, what do you think it would be fun to attempt? 
other be a pilot, a fighter pilot, just to fly okay. past planes and try. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that. I um, I definitely could see that. Um, time travel. If you could travel anywhere, where would you go and why? Back and forth to the future. I'm working on that right now, actually. Are you funny, really? Funny enough, yes. <laughs> I've been learning about it, doing some research. But I would, I would, would be, I'd be learning front to back, back to front. I'd be going back and forth. I like it. It's a way I, to solve um, problems. I like it. I asked that question to someone one day and they said, do I get to come back? I was like, you're the first person that's ever asked me that. He's like, well, that dictates where I go. I'm like, you know, it's hypothetical, right? <laughs> um, music. We talked about sounds and the power that energy has. I'm a huge music nerd. What's your pump up song? I don't have them. I don't have one. I, I love Zilk Lombarda, which is a Brazilian kind of I dance a lot, actually. That's that's one of my kind of go-to de-stresses. Um, love that. I love a bit of progressive house music. I don't have one particular song, unfortunately. I, I Me neither. Me yeah. neither. It's an unfair question. I don't think there's a real <laughs> answer to it. Um, attorneys always ask unfair questions, right? There's never a right they answer. They do. <laughs> um, lastly, um, I believe that we expand the perception of what we think is possible through the resources that we read. If there's a listener that's looking to understand more about what we've talked about today, what do you think is a good resource for them? What's the most recommended book in, in your space that you've recommended? <laughs> I challenge people a book called Real Magic by Dean Radin. Uh, and the reason for that is it will challenge a lot of your beliefs. It goes through the history of what magic actually is. It's a science. It's not, not uh, <clears throat> and how the illusion of it, it's been deemed magic deliberately. You know, what is what is magic? It's just something we don't understand. So that will give people a lot of aha moments with a lot of things. And I think that will open up this sprout of seed for many, many different possibilities around, oh, okay, that's what the history of what magic is and how all the different cultures and it connects together. And it's all just one simple thing, really. It's, it's intention and frequency and whatnot. Um, and that's been hidden from us. Well, we're going to ask the question, why? So I think that's a, that will start an inquiry process, that book alone. And I, I love it. To anyone who's looking to change their current reality. I love it. Paul, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I love what you are doing and the mission that you have. And I look forward to not only talking to you again, but seeing all of the positive changes you make on the world. Thanks, Amber. It's been a pleasure. And I actually love your work. Love what you're doing. You're making thank a big you. difference in the world. So it's definitely needed. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that's sounds like something that you're interested in. The name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.